Welcome to the vault where you can find the code to unlock your success. In this space, I invite real, inspiring and successful experts. We have eye-opening conversations about the way to reach your highest potential in life and in business. We will cover the mastery of mindset, energy, emotions, transformation, sales, marketing, driving in business without losing your authenticity and balance. Hi, I'm Sonia Martinovic and host of The Vault, an entrepreneur, mindset mastery and online business coach with an obsession on real transformation. I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs and other influencers master the mindset and build a successful and impactful business. Do you want to break free from your limitations and express your truest self in business and in life? Is growth your game and success your aim? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to the vault. Let's start cracking your code. How would it feel to grow your business without feeling constantly overwhelmed, stressed, and exhausted? Imagine this in just five days. The way you spend your time and energy can be completely transformed for life. Listen into this episode and check out the link to join our group for the five-day Shift Your Identity Challenge. And welcome to a new episode of The Vault. And I'm so excited because today we're going to dive deep into mindset with Carrie Campbell. She's a clinical counselor and mindset expert who has been in the field of helping and impacting people for over two decades. Co-founder of Eliminate Your Limits Mindset Program, her husband and she have been sharing and living the message of Mindset Matters for years. Her clients range from multimillionaires to NBA players to addicts and people who are simply looking for greater levels of happiness. She leads the Unstoppable Woman Project, her year-long mentorship group for women who are looking to eliminate their limits and create sustainable, happy lives. She's in the process of writing her second book. Her first book, People Pleasing Almost Killed Me, was a bestseller on Amazon. And now she's in the process of writing the second book. And she's also a mother to two amazing young adults, two stubborn French bulldogs, and she is a wife. What she also is, is a professional model and a professional fitness competitor who placed third at the World Championships in 2021. Her life goals are happiness, impact, and mastery, and she is reminded of them daily by the tattoo on her leg that reads, have a goal so big you will surely fail unless God of divine forces intervene. Thank you so much for coming, Carrie. I'm super excited. Me too. too. I was like, I just got tired listening to my own bio. (laughs) No. I need need to go to bed earlier tonight. (laughs) It's, it's, it's so good. You had so many accomplishments uh, on your name and so many achievements. And there must have been like a shadow side to all of that. So can you please tell us yeah. more about your story? How did you become this unstoppable yeah. woman? That's like, you know, I love, I love when I love starting here because I, you know, I think one of the things that people often um, are misrepresenting is that they, they struggle to get where they are. And, and I'm one of my beliefs is like th- to speak the truth and to speak authenticity all the time. So the truth of where we came from, like I have not always been unstoppable. I have not always been, you know, where I am now. And and the, I mean, obviously we always have an, an essence of who we are, right? Like I, that's the core of who I am really is the full capacity of being unstoppable. But yeah, I've gone, I've gone through the ringer of darkness as well, like most people have. 
it's uh, it feels very far removed from my current life at the moment because it's it's been about 15 years since I decided to step out of being stuck and to really go from that space where I realized I was going day to day surviving mm. and it was time to start thriving again. So for me, like there's there's you know there's several different nuances along the way that tell the story of where I came from, but you know I think. I actually think I'm going to wrap it up into the the title of my first book, People Pleasing Almost Killed Me. Mm. Because the truth is, is that people pleasing saw me in a lot of capacities in my life, putting myself as second, third, fourth, fifth, or not even a priority. And, and it really did present itself over the course of my lifetime. You know, my mom, my mom, God bless her. She's an amazing human being, but she was agoraphobic. For the first seven years of my life, she couldn't leave the house. Then that grew into being an alcoholic, and she was an alcoholic for about 10 to 15 years. Never, never the type of alcoholic, like she wasn't physically abusive or anything like that. She was a functioning alcoholic, mm. but yet it was still, for me, it still presented for me as I needed to take care of my mom. I needed to be her rock. I needed to be mm. her everything. And so those kinds of behaviors and those patterns for me, always feeling like I needed to show up and save someone led me into quite an abusive first marriage. Mm -hmm. uh, my first marriage was was not healthy. It's been many, many years resolved and in my past. So I never like to point a finger at my ex. I like to look at it now as a there was a there was a mutual exchange of dysfunction, mm -hmm. but it was it was quite an abusive marriage emotionally, uh, verbally. And at the age of I had two kids and at the age of 28, I just realized like I like I was dying. I was dying on the inside. I, I pulled into my driveway one day after work and sat in the car sobbing because I realized that like I just I didn't want to go home. I didn't want to be there. I, I was so stuck um, and, I, and I had lost every ounce of who I was. Every ounce of who makes up Carrie Campbell was gone. And so that was the day I came into that, that realization and then started making the steps forward to undo the reality that had been created from this, this, because as a people pleaser, I knew the situation I was in was not healthy and I knew I needed to get out of that relationship, but yet I kept making excuses and understanding wow. for why I needed to be there. So my, my life changed the day that I, the, the day that I chose me. Is mm. really is really what it came down to. That's when my life took a turn, and I started creating everything that I am now. What I've done in, since then. Wow! So is is that that mindset that it was like this decision? This needs to happen right now because this is not a way to live, right? So yeah, you had this huge decision. What was your next step in in order for you to get? Because I, I can imagine a lot of people being stuck, and maybe someone listening today is yeah. feeling stuck in, in any way, either in business or in relationships or in life, what would you say that the first decision or the first step is that you need take, to take out of that place into stepping into your unstoppable version? Yeah, you know, God, you ask great questions. I love that question. <laughs> that only makes for a good conversation when the questions are great. You know, um, I actually was assessing that while you were while you were talking. And, and I think so as a coach, one of the things that I strive to do in this world is I strive to make concepts practical for people. So, you know, what I don't want to let leave your listeners with was like, oh, you know, I had a moment of self-awareness. Okay, and what does that mean? Right? Like, oh, what yeah. does that mean? You know? So if I were to put it into practical steps, and this is coming straight out of um, my Eliminate Your Limits mindset program. 
even though I wasn't aware, I hadn't built the program yet. I was doing this unconsciously. I, you know, I had, it was four steps, really. The first step was acceptance. I really had to have a deep conversation with myself about accepting my reality and looking around, my, looking around me and stop lying to myself about the situation I was in. So the acceptance was the first part. The second piece was awareness, which kind of ties in closely to the acceptance piece. I needed to increase my awareness to the self-talk that was going on in my mind. Mm -hmm. I needed to increase my awareness to how I felt in life around me and where I was not thriving. And then the third piece would have been accountability. And that really comes down to, I, I, I really needed to look in, at myself in the mirror and say, no one's going to change this but me. Yeah. You know, I can complain about it. I can be a victim to it. I can pretend, which is why you, you heard my language. I don't look back at this relationship and blame my ex-husband. I really stepped into the accountability to say like, okay, if someone's going to change it, I need to change it. And then the final piece was adaptation where I take this, I took the steps to create change. And you know, the slow and steady of those steps mattered, right? I didn't need to accomplish everything overnight. I needed to take one step first. And, mm. you know, I'll be honest, like to all your listeners out there hearing this, uh, one of the things that I learned as I was leaving my ex-marriage was to never judge anybody's process, leaving a relationship or leaving a job or leaving a career or, or changing decisions. Because from the moment I knew that I had to leave to the moment I actually left, was actually probably about two years. Yeah. It actually took me two years to go through that, that process. And so you could make it go faster by increasing those four pieces of awareness. But I think you still have to respect the fact that you can only take one step at a time. And so as long as you're moving forward, that's really where the essence of growth and intention comes from. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So those two years, for example, you really laid out how would life look like? Yeah. 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 I started, I started, you know, getting my finances in order. I started imagining my future. I started imagining being a single mom, what that was going to look like, how I was going to make some changes. And, and by virtue of doing that. And I, and I also, during those two years, I started the process of reclaiming myself. Yeah. Like when I say like, I have bought, I mean, if, if you, I wish I still had a before and after picture, but if you were to see what I looked like at 28, versus who I am now, you would think my ages were reversed. Like you mm -hmm. would look back at my 28 year old self and go, oh my gosh, you look 44 there. And now you look 28. Like I reversed that, but that was just a, and I'm not looking at it from the vanity standpoint. It was just a byproduct of how much I have lost and yeah. how much I was disconnected from myself. So I started taking steps towards bettering myself, getting back into the gym, taking care of myself, taking care of my skin, but eating better food. And that actually helped put what I would refer to as like equity in the bank yeah. on myself, on myself, that I was able to draw on that equity when it was time for me to walk away. Mm, amazing. So uh, you, you must have done one like big thing in the start. What, what is the first thing you take, took care of? What is the first thing you tackled to say so? Yeah. Okay. Finances aside, because yeah. I think finances, when anybody leaves, it's like the first big thing that everybody has to take care of. My, my first really big thing I, I tackled was rebuilding my social network. Mm. That was the, mm. the first thing that I reassessed. So, you know, if for anybody listening who's not familiar, um, there's this Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Essentially, there's a hierarchy of things that we need to have in place in order to self-actualize. 
physiological being the first, the house over your head, food. Second one being safety, emotional safety more than physical safety. And then the third one, belonging. And one of the things that I realized the very first night that I was home alone, my kids were at their dad's, was that I had no one. I had no yeah. one because, you know, my entire, whether you leave a job, whether you leave a relationship, my entire social network was wrapped up in my family and in my ex-husband. And I was sitting there one night at the computer, very lonely and saying to myself, like, okay, if I don't do something about this, I'm going to be lonely. So I, I started by asking myself, like, what could I do to start to explore options of how to get more socially invested in the world? And it sounds like so arbitrary, but I found a friend of mine I went to high school with who played uh, on in, an inter-house soccer team or football, I guess, for the Europeans. Yeah. I, I'm a, I, I was a soccer player my entire childhood. So I started playing house soccer and I played three nights a week. And I built my social network from there. So I, I recreated my, my connection to the world and to people. And that truly, if I were to be honest with you, was probably the most powerful thing I did because that was the energy that allowed me to create myself beyond just the confines of my home. Yeah, so, so actually joining a proximity or like-minded people has been pivotal, which, which, totally. which, which I always say it's so important to surround you self with people who either challenge you or who are like-minded, especially if you don't feel the support from the home front to say um, so. So yeah. So what got you into uh, helping women feel unstoppable? So you actually transitioned yeah. and created the business and a successful business in, in helping women and becoming unstoppable. That, that's a great question. So my, you know, my entire, I've been a counselor my entire career. I've now, I've, I dabbled as a personal trainer for a period of time, but my, my counseling background has taken on a lot of different variations. And, you know, when I, when I had left my, my last marriage, the, I was primarily working with teenagers and young people with special needs. So I transitioned out of that into my new relationship. What did, I was in that when my new relationship started mm. and my husband and I, now we, we had this conversation um, 13 years ago we sat down and we talked about like, what did we want to create? How did we want to build our businesses and, and, and merge them all together? And, you know, I, I think this was actually one of the most pivotal moments in my life because I remember my, my husband, Brian said to me, he's like, you know, what do you want? And what do you want for yourself? And I sat there crying, mm. sobbing because I had spent 13 years having no idea. And, and so I didn't know what I wanted. And that was a really scary place for me. But I started with one word. And my, my one word that I started with was creativity. I wanted to regain my creativity. So this seems like I'm off on a tangent, but I'm not. I wanted to reinstill my creativity, which for me was drawing, writing, dancing, photography. That's when I started modeling. But I started um, back in 2010. I started my very first ever blog because that was still a big thing back there. How yeah. did she do it? <laughs> so I started working with women back in 2010, like how to be a mom and still have it all, how to create the life that you want and feel fit and feel healthy. And that has just transcended over the years. And there was a period of time that I actually stepped away from coaching primarily just women. And I actually took some time away from coaching um, in 2015 to, I did a little bit of a, I stepped away from coaching to do some stuff in the fashion industry, but I always get pulled back to coaching groups of women. I, I always come back like it is my heartbeat. And 
I turned, you know, I turned 40 and I was in the best like shape, the best energy, the best level of happiness. Like I was unstoppable. That's when the Unstoppable Woman Project was born. And so I just, I started it as a hobby to see like, and for me, it was like, I've unlocked a key to success and to happiness and to fulfillment. And I really can ultimately say like, of course I always want more, but I can ultimately say I have it all. Like I have everything that really matters to me in this world. I needed to give that back to women. I needed to give other women the opportunity to create for themselves what I had created for myself. And my, my success map, so to speak, in doing that has proved positive with me as well as my, the other women and clients that I work with. So that's when the Unstoppable Woman Project was born. And it just became for me the, it's the heartbeat of so much that I do. And I, I, I don't, I'll never stop. This year we're going into a huge expansion inside of Unstoppable. But for me, I think every woman needs to feel unstoppable and whatever that word means to them, because life is too short not to, you know? So yes. it's, I, I consider it my, my duty and obligation to give back to women. Yes. And it's just, it, you know, you are in, you're feeling in a place of abundance and now you feel obligated to share, right? That's the yeah. mo most beautiful thing where you feel that, that you're obligated to share because yes. it's too good to keep for you. Exactly. So tell me about exactly. that. Unstoppable woman, when she first comes into your program, what kind of issues do they usually have? What what is the the things the the biggest struggles that you saw yeah. with the Unstoppable Woman project? That's a that's a, another great question. Wow. So you know, when I first initially started the project, I started it initially. It was kind of being played off of more of a health and fitness angle. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's what people started to get interested in it for, but it morphed over time because I'm, I don't do health. I mean, I'm capable of doing health and fitness. I just don't, I don't love training that kind of stuff. So it, it morphed over time to become what it is now. And, you know, I think that there, there's a staggering statistic. 78% of women list themselves as their last priority in life. 78% mm -hmm. of women, their dog, their house, their kids, their car, their husband, their job, the lawn, everything comes first, right? So when, when women come into the Unstoppable Woman Project, for a lack of better words, they deprioritize something about themselves. Yeah, It's not always across the board everything, but there's something that they've deprioritized in taking care of themselves and what they want to create in their world. So the beauty of the way Unstoppable has been designed, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. It's a one-size-fits-one approach. So I've created this system in the process that, for example, if your greatest limitation is business, that's your focus. Whereas another, like, we have a lady in the program right now who just got diagnosed with breast cancer, and we had to pivot her entire vision for this coming year. Her focus and her goals are on getting through cancer and healing her cancer and getting rid of it. So there really isn't, I, I managed to create, and this was a big stressor for me at the beginning of this program, because what I wanted to do was create a program that was an all-encompassing all approach that it didn't matter what you wanted or yeah. what was in your way, the program was going to work for you. And, and that's in essence what I've done. So whether it's health, fitness, business, relationships, finance, or illness, there isn't, isn't really one specific thing, except for the fact that these women have deprioritized themselves. All right. So when a woman walks out successfully out of the unstoppable, what, 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 what does she carry in her backpack? What does she have? That's, does she yeah, have focus? <laughs> you know, I, I'm very proud to say that very few, very few of them leave 
Yeah. Just like, that's, a, that's, that's good. That's they, good. The, yeah. The group has been running for four years and there's, there's, there's the majority of the people who start never leave, which for me is, is, you know, I always say that I always have to preface that that's not because the program doesn't work. That's because the program works so well that women recognize the value of belonging to a community and they recognize the value of having somebody leading the charge of their life. And so they, we have this thing called hashtag lifers inside of Unstoppable because they're just like, you can't get rid of me. That's um, but it, you know, <laughs> Yeah, it, it is. It's a beautiful yeah. space. But you know, if I were to say, what do they walk away, away from it with? So my goal is to equip every woman with the ability to, for a lifetime, eliminate their limits and create sustainable success and happiness in whatever they're trying to create. Like, it's not enough. One of the things I always say is it's not enough to just be aware of where you're self-sabotaging and stop eating the chips, right? Like, that's not enough. It's not enough to lose the 20 pounds or to, to find the partner or to start the business. Creativity has, or creating life is a sustainable process. Yeah. And although I've eliminated limits from the last 10 years, for all I know, there's going to be a new life circumstance that's going to present itself to me in six months now, and I'm going to have to level up again. So when the women, the women in the program are equipped with my entire eliminate your limits process, but essentially the process is from the top down. So they have the process of how do I create a vision for myself for the coming year? How do I take that vision, bring it down to the first quarter and ask myself what I need to focus on for the next three months? Then we bring that down to the week. Then we bring that down to the day. Exactly. So there's an entire process there. And inside that process is the mindset process of journaling, which is my, my four pillars process that is woven into it. So we have the mindset and the action components together that eventually create the momentum. And they have all those tools. I always call it their mindset toolbox. They have all those tools in their mindset toolbox that if they were to walk away, and they were to continue try to create on their own, they have the system and the structure to be able to do that for a lifetime. Mm, that's amazing. And you also coach like uh, NBA players and high achieving people. What, what are usually their problems? You know, I, that's, you know it's so, it, their problems are our problems. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like I, I think that's one of the things that, that so many people underestimate. You know, I, I have the honor of, you know, coaching high-level prof professional athletes, high-level professionals and multimillionaires. It's their problems are our problems. They have kids and their kids are going through hard times or they have relationships and their relationship is failing or how do they juggle it all? Like, you know, when you're, when you're talking about a professional athlete, for example, people love like looking at professional athletes and going, oh, they get paid all this money. They, they have it all. Mm. But what they don't realize is professional athletes are on the road half the year. Their yeah. lives are topsy-turvy. At any point in time, they could be told that they have to move to a different state or a different country. There's, there's very little stability. So, you know, for a professional athlete or for these top level corporate executives, whose lives are very much on the go all the time. Yeah. It's really about creating a resiliency and a stability at their level of unconscious mind that it can support them growing into and becoming more and more of what they need to be. So um, it, would, it would surprise people to know that they're like their problems are everybody's problems. Yeah, exactly. We've the the talked way. about on, on this podcast so many times. It's, it's the same problem, but sometimes when people are starting out or didn't tackle the problem yet or haven't started, have issues like procrastination or postponing or 
not taking action while someone who takes a lot of action can also see a lot of problems and stresses in other parts of life, right? So a hundred percent. And also you're working on something amazing, amazing project we shortly touched upon before we started recording this interview is, and it gave me goosebumps and I really want to touch upon that. And it's about eliminating suicide, which is such, such an important thing. I, I think, especially in this time right now. Can you please fill us in? What are, what are yeah, you doing right is, now? This, What's next? This <laughs> is our big project. It's, it's actually funny because we've been working on this in some way, shape, or form for the last five years. Mm. Uh, and, you know, COVID came in and there's been a lot of interruptions. But uh, to give, you know, let me, let me kind of backtrack it to 2017 is actually where it all began. You know, my daughter, it, it seems like a funny story, like I'm going less sideways, but it's an important background to give. So my, uh, my daughter and I, I we have, my son, my husband and I have bought my daughter tickets to a Pitbull concert. I'm not sure, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Pitbull, but most, yeah, most yeah, people yeah. know who he is. I saw him when I was and, in the West. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's, a, he's an amazing musician. He's an amazing yeah. man. But, you know, we bought her tickets because she loved him. And one of my clients actually was a friend of his or is a friend of his and she managed to get us backstage passes to yeah. go and meet him and stuff like that and you know with the backstage passes came like you know uh, you know better seats we were all up in front and as I was sitting there listening to the concert like I knew his music but I didn't know much about him he I realized and anybody who follows Pitbull knows he's very much about mindset like he's yeah. very much about personal development and as I was listening to him on stage I was like, his message is our message. Like, and I don't, I actually can read through the bullshit of a lot of people out there claiming to be a guru nowadays. Like everybody's a guru, right? Yeah. But I was like, I, there was such a, uh, there was such an energy and a synergy between what he was saying and what we do in this world. Yeah. So I, I, I took it upon myself to message my client and say, you know what? I'm so blown away, inspired, you know, by, by him and his, could you just please convey that to him? And she did. Um, but that ended up turning into um, him saying to her, you know, please give her my number and, and tell her to text me. Mm. So, uh, you know, I was sitting there going like, I don't, you, you should have seen me. I'm like, what's it even start here? I can imagine. Um, but it was, it was crazy. I'm like, I'm texting with Armando. Like, this is so weird. But that was, that was back in 2017. And yeah. um, he got very interested in what we do. Yeah. And so he flew me down to Miami to sit down and have this like this conversation about, you know, what what kind of impact can we create in this world? Mm. And so um, about that. a year later. Yeah, truly amazing. About a year later, we we actually picked up our family from Montreal, Canada, moved down to Miami where he's located. And we started the integration of what was called our self-aware leadership program into his schools. So he, he's a founder of a series of charter schools here in, in the North, in North America. Mm -hmm. So we started integrating that and we had this big, huge, like he's with us in alignment on the vision of changing the next generation. Like the, the picture is big, the vision was big, but that, and just as we like two weeks before COVID hit and locked everything down, we had just solidified our plans to um, create our fundraising and like to go out for our $10 million raise for what we were doing in the schools and all that stuff. And then COVID hit and like all the doors closed, right? Because yes. the schools are closed, everything changed. Mm. So we had to pivot. And, and the reason I'm telling this story actually in its extremity is because I want everybody listening, knowing if, if you want something bad enough, don't stop. If it means that much to you, don't stop, right? So we pivoted the project. And rather than going into the schools, the pivot on the project is actually was creating an app. 
So it was part of the project that we were going to do at a later point in time, but we are in the, we're, we've been, and we've been chipping away at it because COVID has, has interrupted it so many times. Like our team has gotten COVID, like things have gotten shut down, but for a lack of better words, um, in the, in the second quarter of this year, we will be launching our beta version of Ellie or Eli, however you want to call it. Um, it's unisex on purpose or it's non-gender specific on purpose because we are, you know, sent, we're, we're very con, um, mindful of that in our world nowadays. But LE, which stands for Eliminate Limits Independent, is going to be the first app technology for teenagers that combines video game technology, our mindset system, and um, AI as well. And the whole goal behind this app, this entire app, is to, is to eliminate teenage suicide and the use of pharmaceutical dependency. I, we are, my husband and I, both of our backgrounds, prime, initially we're working with young people. And we still, to this day, work with young people. I run a group called the Unstoppable Girls Tribe for young girls. I love that. And I'm, yeah, I'm so, I'm, I'm so tired of having teenagers diagnosed with anxiety and diagnosed with depression and put on medication. And the thing for me and like the mission behind this is that we need our kids to understand themselves. And we need to understand that, yes, you have anxiety but that doesn't make you have an anxiety disorder. And now you need a pill and now you're going to be on pills. Yeah. No one teaches our kids how to manage emotions. Yeah. No one teaches our kids how to navigate that. And emotions are part of life. So Ellie is all about creating that mindset resilience and developing emotional intelligence while bringing in, it's kind of like, think of it as like the Alexa for your mind. Yes. Right? It's so it's like the kids are going to be able to like talk to their, their app play the video game, give feedback. It's obviously we're going to have a beta version of version one, but it's it's a big goal. That's it's five years in the making. Like, you know, and, and when I think about business entrepreneurs and, and people who starting diets or whatever, you quit after two weeks. Mm. It takes time. And if you mm. want it bad enough, yeah, work you for quit. it, you know? So that's, that's Ellie. That's the, that's the heartbeat of everything we're doing right now. It's we're, we're tired of seeing, we're tired of seeing kids lose their lives because it, it could have been avoided. And we're tired of seeing those kids grow into adults who don't know how to live life and do life mm -hmm. because they're emotionally stunted. They don't know how to manage their emotions ever. So we're trying to put a stop gap in place for that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I also have a, a big mission, which is <laughs> not do at all, but I really, really would love to influence the younger, younger generations too, because I believe even if they have gone through pain and everything that. They have so much potential and they're capable, even with that pain, transforming that into leadership and influencing the generations, which is so, so important nowadays. So yeah. I really love you for doing that. <laughs> so thank you. Thank uh, you. I, and I hope everybody checks it out. Even uh, if you listen to this interview way later, uh, it's easy name to remember. Let's talk a little bit about about a mindset we have talked about the stories that you tell yourself you have like this phrase and i want you to <laughs> repeat the phrase yeah. and and tell me all about it what yeah, is it about our stories that would change change your perspective and change the yeah, way that's this i mean this is the this is the real the the foundation of the eliminate your limits program so the the line that we always use is the story you tell is the truth you know Right. So whatever story you're telling is your truth. And it doesn't matter if it's if it's true in real life. If it's true in your head, it's true. Yeah. Right. So if the, if the story you tell is the truth, you know, we have to 
we have to un we have to backtrack it to understanding where story comes from, right? So we we all have an internal narrative. We all have chatter going on nonstop in our unconscious mind. And for the most part, more of us are, I think people are becoming more in tune with that, but a large majority of the world is, is walking around this world unaware of the unconscious narratives. I'm not talking about the conscious ones. I'm not talking about the um, thoughts that you're aware of, right? Yeah, the unconscious conscious patterns. Yeah. yeah, I'm talking about what's going on underneath the surface, right? And so in order to understand our stories, we have to understand our unconscious mind, which means we have to make to bring it up to the surface. There's, I'm going to get this quote wrong because I always get it wrong. But, you know, Carl Jung says, um, until you take the unconscious and make it conscious, you will forever call it fate. And so it will be right. And that's not the exact quote. But the point being is we are driven in life by our unconscious narratives. And yeah. if our unconscious narrative is not aligned to the direction we want to go in, it means that we're driving in the wrong direction. And so we have to understand that that narrative that's going down underneath the surface. You know, for example, you know, I did not know I was a people pleaser until I did. I had no idea that I was sacrificing. I mean, they knew I was showing up for people, but the the quiet voice underneath my in, in my unconscious mind was, well, I'm going to feel guilty if I don't help somebody. Well, what happens if something happens and it's my responsibility and nobody's going to like me anymore if I don't do this and I don't do that. I wasn't walking around with that on a daily basis all day long, aware of that, right? So we have to bring that unconscious up to the conscious level to be able to say, I'm choosing this from a place of serving myself as a place of non-serving ourselves. And we have to understand that, you know, one of the things I always say about your unconscious is your stories are not your fault in most cases, but they are your responsibility, Yeah. right? So you got to appreciate that your unconscious has been crafted for you from birth, yeah. right? So, you know, if you live in Europe versus if you live in North America, if you live in a single parent family versus a dual parent family, if you Absolutely. live in a family that's wealthy versus a family that's not. If you hear, for example, all your life, you know, money is bad, people who have money are selfish, money is not good, you're gonna grow up with that internal narrative. Mm. Right. So the story you tell is the truth. You know, you need to take ownership of that story you're telling yourself. You need to be able to say, I need to change this so I can create what I want. And, you know, one of the things I always say is that we have to we have to practice not proving we have to practice more not proving the wrong story. Right. Yeah. Right. Because we're really enforcing that. that story. Yes. Right. We're really good at practicing the wrong story. Like, yeah. I'm never going to be able to be successful because I've tried for two weeks and it's not working. And, you know, I've tried this before. We, we're really good at proving the wrong story. Right. Mm. We have to get good at proving the right story. Right. What do you want? What are you creating? Build a story and a narrative around that and don't let anything else in. A lot easier said than done. It's simple. It's not easy. Right. Because yeah. it takes practice. Yes, it takes a lot of practice. It takes you shifting the awareness constantly, but it's so good because you told about your childhood story and that you actually took upon yourself the role of the savior and the hero of the family. And then yeah. you notice, you unconsciously didn't notice you were doing that in your past relationships and all that right. stuff. And, right. and then you brought it up to consciousness and now you could actively work on it, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, so that, that's amazing. I love that. And And you have... You, you have created around these pillars uh, an amazing course, like a short mastermind, to say so, or, uh, or masterclasses. 
and, and yes. you actually want to offer that to to the people of the vault. Yeah, absolutely. How can they get in touch with you, uh, Carrie? Y you know, I so I actually have my assistant who's who's putting that into a different platform right now, so it's available to everybody. But the easiest way to get a hold of me, honestly, message me on Facebook, message me on Instagram. I respond to everything. So, like, if you respond, message me, I'll, I'll get you connected with, uh, and I'll also get you, Sonia, the the link that you can you can share out once I got it. It's a three hour program. Um, it's designed to teach you. It's broken into three blocks. The first hour is all about understanding the unconscious mind. The second hour is about understanding the four pillars that I've that we've created and how they're effectively going to help you reprogram your unconscious. And then the third hour is a 30-day implementation process. So it's it's a soup to nuts. It's a crash course on how you can get started in that. And yes, I'll I'll get you a link per directly. But anybody listening. My inbox is open and I, and I personally respond to all my messages. I don't have an assistant doing that. You yeah. never know who you're going to get, right? I'm not a boss. I no, or I, I rather get. also have my assistant, but I also personally like to have, there is only one me. So <laughs> I exactly. really like to, exactly. to, to respond personally. So yeah, that's amazing. So one last question. What is the one question that I haven't asked you, but you would love to answer? Or that people never ask you, but you would love to answer? You know... I don't know. Hold on. Let me get, let me think two seconds of that. You know, I, I guess, you know, when, if we were to come down to like, what are my personal life goals? What are my personal life goals? And I, I like talking about that because, and you know, you read it in my bio. Um, you know, there's a quote that I have on my leg and it says to have a goal, have a goal so big that you will surely fail unless God or divine forces intervenes. And the day I read that, I got goosebumps. And I, I literally went to the tattoo shop. I got a tattooed on my leg that same day. Mm -hmm. And my husband asked me, he goes, what are those goals? And I, and I sat for a second with it. And I was like, because I, I knew intrinsically what I, what I felt. But I was like, what are those goals? Because the goals of having, you know, a $10 million company, you know, a six-pack abs, you know, a roof over my head. Those are tangible things, right? And those for me are just, those are details that are going to change along the way. I wanted goals that were a governing ethos. They were a compass for all things that I choose and do and, and, and do in my world. So my, my life goals really come down to happiness, impact, and mastery. And it's, it's actually an acronym that spells him on purpose because it ties into the quote, God, not that I'm saying God's a, a man, but y'all know where I'm going with that. <laughs> yeah. um, and so, you know, for me, it's, it's my compass. When all else fails, I choose him. I choose it. Is this making me happy? Am I impacting the world? And am I mastering the greatest version of myself? And it really, truly helps me through all struggles, all, all good days, all bad days, because in a bad moment, in a bad day, or when you're going through a challenge, that's where I get to lean into recognizing that this is about mastering the greatest version of myself this lifetime. And so even the challenge is accepted and, and, and brought into my life because it's part of my life mission. So if I'm happy and if I'm impacting and if I'm mastering the greatest version of myself, I'm winning. And if I die having done that, I, I will have died feeling successful. So that for me is, and I think we should all have a compass, a, a series of values whenever you, or words that is our due north when times get tough. Mm. Oh, that is so powerful. Guys, I hope you enjoyed it. 
Carrie, thank you so much. And we will be back next week to level up again. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'm looking forward to welcoming you in the community where you can participate in a five-day shift your identity challenge. You can find the link in the show notes and I will see you on the inside. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Vault. Respect for showing up and creating your next stage of life and business. If you like this episode, I invite you to dive deeper and stay. The S stands for subscribe and share. Make a screenshot right now and pay it forward and send this to five friends who can benefit from this value. The T stands for try and transform. Try the technique, at least until the next episode. The A stands for action. Action creates success. Don't stay a student when you have a code. You should try to open the vault. And finally, the Y stands for you. This is about the most valuable asset of the vault and life in general. The one and only authentic you. So if this was your code, please comment and help the vault grow. Hashtag unlocked, hashtag next level, hashtag dive deeper. And see you next week to level up again.